Carter Report presents worship from the Community Adventist Fellowship in Glendale, California. A special welcome to all of our viewers in North America and our new friends and churches in Russia. Today you'll enjoy uplifting music and the preaching of the everlasting gospel by pastor, teacher, and evangelist John Carter. Please get your Bible and study the Word of God with us today. Thank you for joining us for Worship and Praise. desire to give to every person today, not just an ordinary welcome, but an extraordinary, an extraordinary welcome to church. We want to welcome particularly our friends who watch on uh, Three Angels Broadcasting Network and other systems throughout the North American continent. We're so glad that you've joined us today. The topic today is a great one, Builders of the Kingdom of God and God's heroes of faith. Men and women who accomplished seemingly impossible tasks and who triumphed over almost overwhelming obstacles. The book of Hebrews, chapter 11, talks about some, some of God's heroes of faith, and we're going to notice some of them today. Two from the Old Testament, and then two from the New Testament, taken from another part of the Scriptures. I'd like you to take your Bible today, please, and turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Hebrews, chapter 11. And we'll start with verse 32, which will give us the context of what we're going to talk about. Verses 32 to 35, dear people. In the New International Version that we're using today in this church, it is page 852. We're glad to see the Bible's being turned to. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 and onwards. Let's come back to verse 31. It says, By faith the prostitute Rahab, did you know she became one of God's mighty heroes of faith? By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Now this is the part which is the theme. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith, notice that, how did they do it? Who through faith, who through faith, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle, and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, and refused to be released, so that they might gain a better resurrection. The Bible says that through faith conquered kingdoms and did things that to human sight 
was absolutely impossible. This chapter talks about some of the greats such as Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Joseph, Moses and many others that we have just referred to. These people through faith in God, my beloved friend, changed the face of nations and the course of history and they advanced the kingdom of God. I want to say to you today, there is no limit to what God can do through a person who is dedicated to his holy name and who has faith in God. The world today is looking for heroes. A cynical world is looking for heroes. There are many so-called heroes in the sports world. Some of those heroes are not quite as heroic when they are examined. The world looks for heroes among actors and movie stars. But as their lives are examined, they are often found to be anything but heroic. Uh, we look for heroes among explorers and all types of different people. The world needs to have heroes, but most of the heroes often disappoint us. I want to show you today some genuine heroes. Some people who are absolutely true blue and heroes who have made the world of difference. I want to talk today for a start about four great Bible heroes, two from the Old Testament and two from the New, and then I want to talk about some modern day heroes. Would you please notice Hebrews 11 and verses 8 to 10. This is the first of God's heroes that I wish to talk about today. Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to start with verses 8 to 10. And the first man of faith that we're going to talk about is Abraham. We could talk about Noah, we could talk about Enoch, but we're going to start with Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Now notice this, even though he did not know where he was going, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. As I prepared this talk this week and as I spoke about these great heroes of faith I thought to myself is there a theme that characterizes each of these individual lives? And I'm going to suggest a theme for Abraham as I will suggest for the rest. The great theme of his life, the life of Abraham, the father of the faithful, listen to it. To leave the familiar for the unfamiliar, the comfortable for the uncomfortable, in search of the promised land. 
And it takes faith to leave the familiar for the unfamiliar and the comfortable for the uncomfortable in search of the promised land. A number of years ago, it was my privilege to go down to the southern part of Iraq and visit the old city of Abraham, the city of Ur of the Chaldees. Even after 4,000 years, there is still enough remaining to give us a glimpse of the splendor of that ancient city with its magnificent homes, its hot and cold running water, its tremendous temple tower, the great ziggurat. This was the home of Abraham. And in his prosperity and comfort, God came to him and said, get out of this place and go to the promised land. And the Bible says he went out by faith, not knowing where he was going, and became one of God's mighty heroes of faith. God may ask you to do the same. To leave the comfortable for the uncomfortable, the familiar for the unfamiliar in search of the promised land. So he's the first hero of faith that I have chosen to talk about today. The second hero of faith is found in Hebrews chapter 11 and verses 24 to 27. And I must confess, I love this person. I love him. Hebrews 11, verse 24 to 27. Moses. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. That's verse 23. Because they saw he was no ordinary child, they were not afraid of the king's edict. And now we're going to read verse 24 and onwards. By faith, Moses, when he was growing up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded dis disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. As I thought about this man of God, this mighty hero, I asked myself, what was the theme of his life? This is what I came up with. To choose eternal glory with suffering rather than worldly power and prestige with eternal loss. You say, did he really give up a lot? What was there to give up? I've had many privileges in my lifetime. One of the greatest privileges is to see the glory of the pharaohs. It has been my privilege on a number of occasions in the Cairo Museum and other places to actually look upon the wealth and the glory of the greatest men that this world has ever seen. To see the gold, the gold, hundreds of million dollars worth of gold. To see the golden chariots, the golden death masks, 
It, is by my, it has been my privilege on many occasions to, to stand at the, at the base of the great tombs. To stand in the shadow of the obelisks. To look at the hieroglyphics. And to see in the, the broken temp, temples a remnant of the greatest civilization perhaps that the world has ever seen. And all of it could have been the property of Moses. I've had the rare privilege, no longer permitted, to go into the royal mummy room, now sealed forever, and to gaze upon the faces of the contemporaries of Moses. Tut Moses III, who said, who is Jehovah that I should obey him? I've looked upon his actual face. Ramesses the Great, Amos, Kamos, Second and Ray, the men who call the world, cause the world to tremble. And I have thought to myself, who was this Moses? who turned aside from the glory of ancient Egypt, all the gold, all of the glory, all of the power, all of the prestige, and was numbered with the suffering people of God. Who was this man? A man who had seen the glory of Christ. A man who had caught sight of the kingdom of God and who turned his back willingly upon the the gold of the world. And thus, God claims him. And even after death, God claimed him especially by resurrecting him. I have never felt more impressed as when I looked upon the face of Tutmosis III, his contemporary, almost you could say his brother, and had the, the recognition come to me that while this man, Tutmosis, was in a glass box, Moses, God's hero, was safe home in heaven. He is, you know. He's safe home in heaven. He was resurrected, one of God's mighty heroes, to choose eternal glory with suffering rather than worldly power and prestige with eternal loss. I've chosen today two New Testament heroes, and I love these men greatly. The first is the Apostle Paul. I want you please to turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. I had difficulty finding a passage that I felt was appropriate because there is so much material. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 1 and verses 12 to 21. Notice the words of this mighty man of God. It's page 830. He says, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. <clears throat> As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been 
encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry and others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of self-ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in these chains. What does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Uh, who was this man who wrote most of the New Testament? What is the theme of his life? I've thought about the theme of his life and I've written down these words, Paul, to keep the faith when friends are few and hardships are many, to gain a crown of righteousness, for to me to live is Christ. Who was Paul? He was only a little man, they say. He was a Jew. One of the greatest human beings that the world has ever seen with a tremendous mind, with a vast capacity to reason and to debate and to preach, a persecutor of the Christian church, a man who met Jesus on the road to Damascus and whose life was amazingly transformed by the grace of God, a man who became, after his Lord, the greatest missionary in the history of the world. A man who was hated by his own nation. Flogged without mercy on many times. Beaten, cursed, shipwrecked. And who could say to me, for me, to live is Christ. One of God's mighty heroes, a great writer, wrote much of the New Testament, did you know? Wrote the book of Romans. What book is there in all the world like the book of Romans, written by this hero of faith, God's man? You know the death of, of Paul? He was imprisoned by Nero. He appeared before Nero. His eloquence was so great and the Spirit of God was so manifested upon him that Nero pardoned him. But then he was captured again as a preacher, thrown into prison, and then wrote the words, I have fought a good fight. I've run my course. I've finished the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. When the time came for him to die, 
he was forsaken by the church leaders. The very best forsook him. He was beheaded. A mighty hero of God changed the world. He was beheaded by Rome, but the book of Romans that he wrote was the means that God used to overthrow the Roman Empire. Save the church in the Dark Ages. A man of God. My fourth Bible hero of faith is John the Beloved Disciple. As a young man, he was very close to Jesus. Jesus loved John in a very special way. He loved all people, but he loved John especially because the Bible refers to him as the disciple whom Jesus loved. He became a great preacher, a great disciple, a great apostle, and a great teacher, a great soldier of the cross. The theme of his life, let me give it to you. I've thought about this. John, to gaze into the future and catch a glimpse of undimmed splendor, to overcome the powers of darkness and attain to a better resurrection. John wrote, of course, the book of Revelation. I'd like you to turn to Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 and 9, please. The commencement of his book, The Apocalypse. Revelation chapter 1, and uh, I think it is verse 1 and verse 9. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, verse 9. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants what must soon take place, he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. And then if you come down to verse 9, it says, or he says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. When John was an old man, when most people would be thinking of retirement, John was still preaching the gospel. Let me tell you this, folks. A minister of God cannot retire. A minister of God cannot give up his holy calling if God has given it to him. And because he was a preacher of the gospel, John was taken by the Roman authorities and thrown alive into a pot of boiling oil from which he was delivered by the grace of God. And then he was taken and he was shipped to the island of Patmos. I've had the privilege of flying to Patmos by helicopter. It's such a little place, and it's such a barren place. And when I was there in springtime, it was such a cold place. I have been colder in Patmos than in Russia, because, of course, I wasn't dressed for it. Very, very cold. And the place of his imprisonment, Patmos, this rocky hellhole, this ancient Alcatraz, became the very gate to glory. And there he saw the visions of Christ in all his glory. And those visions changed the world.
also. John wrote what many scholars consider to be the most important book in the world. It is not the book of Revelation, it is the Gospel according to John. I try to read it every month. The most important book in the world, written not by a theologian or a scholar, but by a fisherman. One of God's mighty heroes. What did these men accomplish that I've mentioned today? Abraham, what did he accomplish? He became the father of the Israelites, thus the father of Moses and all of the prophets, and thus the father of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. What did Moses accomplish through faith? He led God's people to the promised land. He led them out of the land of Egypt. He led them through the Red Sea. He received the Ten Commandments from Almighty God and wrote the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. What did Paul achieve? This humble, devout Jew. He wrote much of the New Testament. He became the greatest exponent in the history of the world on the, on the subject of righteousness by faith and gave us the book of Romans. What did John accomplish? His book, John, is the greatest book ever written, some say. A book that talks about salvation and that has won multitudes, millions to Christ. And they did it all through faith. I want to suggest this to you today, though. Since those far-off times, God has had many heroes, and there are some today. Many are unrecognized and unknown, but some are like stars in the blackness of the night sky. Let me talk to you about relatively modern heroes of faith who also did mighty things for God, who overthrew kingdoms and established the kingdom of God. One of my favorite characters is the great German theologian, the German priest and monk, one of the great Protestant reformers, Martin Luther. The son of a peasant, Many of the greatest heroes that God has ever had have been humble men and humble women, like Rahab the harlot. Martin Luther was the son of a peasant who discovered the Bible, and when he discovered the truth of the Bible, said, I will be true to my Christ. One of the greatest dramas in the history of the world was when Martin Luther stood before the Holy Roman Emperor, and the electors, and the cardinals, and the priests at the Diet of Worms, and was told, you must give up your faith. And Martin Luther said, unless I am convinced by Scripture, I cannot and I will not recant. Here I stand. What did he accomplish? A new world. Freedom. There would have been no America if there had been no German Martin Luther. Because he gave the inspiration that was needed to the Protestant cause 
and the Puritans. One of God's mighty heroes of faith is a man whom, whom I love, and that is the little English preacher John Wesley, five foot four. An ordained Anglican minister who discovered the gospel of Christ through the writings of Martin Luther, who was called by God to preach the word, who traveled 360,000 miles, not in a Cadillac, but on the back of a horse, preaching 42,000 sermons, hated, persecuted, stoned, beaten, stripped naked, stoned on many occasions, thrown into rivers on countless occasions, winning 500,000 Englishmen to Christ. Up at four o'clock every morning, which would be difficult for some. At five o'clock, preaching to 20,000 coal miners on their way to work. Without a PA system, of course. His contemporary and his brother and his friend, George Whitfield. The world has never produced an orator like Whitfield, who could preach to 20,000 and in 20 minutes have them in tears and on their knees crying to God for mercy, who would preach with such passion and with such fervor that often after preaching he would cough blood who said, I am often weary in thy work, O Lord, but never weary of it. Who with Wesley came across the Atlantic and brought the gospel to America. A hero of God who said the words, Christ, the Son of God, hath sent me all the widespread lands, mine the mighty ordination of the nail-pierced hand. In our own day, does God still have heroes? Luther was a hero. John Wesley was a great hero. I put him above Luther, in my humble opinion. Whitfield, we could go and we could talk about these great preachers. Wycliffe, Huss and Jerome, Savranola, John Knox. Does God have heroes today? I can think of an American hero, in my humble opinion, as a young evangelist and as a great preacher of the gospel. He felt called by God to try radio when all the church leaders said, it won't work, it won't work. Only a passing fad who was persecuted by church leaders and had to establish the voice of prophecy in a chicken coop in his backyard. HMS Richards, who established a great international radio ministry. When I've read the story of Harold Richards and his wife, his wife still lives out at Thousand Oaks, I think heroes of God, heroes of faith. Some weeks ago we had the privilege in this church of welcoming George Vanderman and his wife Nellie. I would suggest to you that they are heroes of faith. 
years ago when George was a young preacher and what a preacher he was. <laughs> what a preacher he was. He felt called to use television and was persecuted. You say, but persecution doesn't happen anymore. Just try to do something for God. Persecuted. They tried to close him down. But George Vanderman had caught a glimpse of the king in all his glory. God used him to start a great television ministry. It is written. I salute them. I consider that George is a prince among men. There are people that I know. These are people that I know. George Vanderman, HMS Richards. And then in Illinois, in southern Illinois, there was a young man less than 10 years ago who was a carpenter who knew nothing at all about television. How did he know how to turn it on? Probably watching this program. <laughs> and he had a vision that God gave him to take the gospel to the world. How does a carpenter in southern Illinois who knows nothing about television or satellite dishes and who's got no money take the gospel to the world? But Danny and his wife Linda had faith in God, I believe they are some of God's modern day heroes. And today they have a satellite system across North America that is soon going to go around the world. Did you know that? Soon going to go right around the world. Have established a great television center in the city of Nizhny Novgorod. Came with us to Russia on three occasions. I salute them as God's heroes. Some time ago, Beverly and I went up to Chicago. We went to Bill Hybels' church. Twenty years ago, Bill Hybels, as a young man, had a, a vision from God to establish a great church for people who are sick of the bunk of traditionalism and Tide of the formality. Did they get opposition? You ought to read the stories. When we went to Bill Hybel's church on the weekend, in church, sitting in the pews, there were 16,000 people, and Bill was not preaching uh, a liberal gospel. He was preaching a gospel that was true to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't agree with everything Bill Hywells teaches as he wouldn't agree with everything I teach. I want to tell you, he is a hero of God. God has used him. He had faith. Now, without embarrassing the dear lady, I don't know if she's here today. Somebody told me she wasn't. We have a lady in this church whom, in my opinion, is a hero of faith who takes a Bible and goes down, to, and she lives in that area, south central LA, and goes out and gives Bible studies in an area that is noted around the world for its violence. 
and she often hears the sound of guns on the streets. That is Helen Moore. Mm -hmm. She is a hero of faith. She believes. And there are people today sitting in this church and you're listening to my voice now because of Helen Moore. And there are others today. People who take on mountains. People who have faith and who conquer when everybody says it cannot be done. What about you? What great principles guide the lives of these heroes? Listen to it. To leave the familiar for the unfamiliar. The comfortable for the uncomfortable in search of the promised land. God has never called you, my friend, to a state of bliss in this life. He has never even called you to happiness. God called you to peace and joy, but he doesn't call you to happiness. He calls you to leave the comfortable for the uncomfortable, the familiar for the unfamiliar, like Abraham in search of the promised land. To choose eternal glory with suffering, rather than worldly power and prestige with eternal loss, to keep the faith when champions are few, when friends are non-existent, to choose hardships, and abundant hardships, to gain a crown of righteousness, to gaze into the future and catch a glimpse of undimmed splendor, to overcome the powers of darkness and to attain to a better resurrection. These are the themes and the dreams and the motivations of God's heroes of faith. I want to ask you this today. Are you satisfied with mediocrity? Do you seek the path of least resistance? Seek it not. Seek to be all that God would have you to be. Seek to be not an ordinary person, but an extraordinary person. One of God's heroes of faith. I'm appealing to you today to live the life of the miraculous. Not to be a member of the crowd, not to be a member of a great club, not to choose a life of ease or a life of selfishness, but to present your life to God as a sacrifice to be used by God for something tremendous to advance the kingdom of God. To be all that you can be 
And let me remind you of this. What men and women have done by God's grace, men and women by God's grace can do. Did you hear this? What people have done in the past by the grace of God, people by the grace of God can do today. Therefore, the path of ease, the path of laziness, the path of flakiness, the path of earthly glory, seek it not. Seek the very best. Seek a life that will change the world for God. Seek a life that is going to bring in the kingdom of God. And by God's grace, seek to be a hero of faith. Please, bow your heads. Precious Father in heaven, we thank you that in this world of mediocrity, you still have your heroes. We thank you for men like Abraham, who went out not knowing where he was going to go in faith. We thank you for Moses, who could have been the Pharaoh, but turned his back on the gold and the gleam and the glory because he loved Christ and the people of God. We thank you for the little Jewish scholar, St. Paul, who met Jesus on the Damascus Road and who turned his back also on prestige and power and carnal things and who became a preacher of the gospel even though it took his life. We thank you for John, who saw a vision of the king in all his glory. And we thank you for other heroes, men and women who were true to you, and men and women who said, I will have faith in God. I will put aside my unbelief, and I will believe in God, and I will be what God wants me to be. Father, today, may every person in this church, every person watching, decide to be God's hero of faith. No longer to be satisfied with the ordinary and just living an ordinary life but to live a life through faith by the grace of Christ that will bring in the kingdom of God and that will change the people that we meet. And so, at the end of the road, when God looks in the books, he will say of this church, the Community Adventist Fellowship, he will say of the individuals here today, these are my people.
saved by grace, whose lives made a tremendous difference. And so, dear Father, increase our faith. Give us a greater vision and bless us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cynthia, we want to say these words to you, the words of Scripture. Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. It's very, very important that you keep a living fellowship with Christ by the daily reading of the Bible and by daily prayer, by going to church and also other spiritual meetings like the meeting on Tuesday night. We grow in grace as we trust in Christ and as we read his word. So we encourage you to read your word, to read God's word. Let it become the word that fills your soul. And so we welcome you today to the family of God. And now because of your personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, as a minister of the gospel, it is my joy now to baptize you in the blessed name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and for his sake and glory, amen. you know, I believe many of you know, the Koba family, we have no more loyal family in the church than the Koba family. Uh, Ed and Leah are a, a wonderful demonstration of a Christian home. And they have wonderful children. This is Victor. And Victor is a part of our, we don't have volunteers in this church anymore since we went to that seminar, Bob. We have servants of God. Clubs have volunteers. We don't have any more volunteers. We've decided to abolish the volunteer department. And we just have servants of God. Volunteers are in clubs. Servants are in churches. Victor helps with the television shoot every Sabbath morning. He's a very fine young man. I love the Cobra family. He's got two little sisters that always give me a great kiss. I'm sorry to embarrass you like this, Victor. <laughs> But we want to welcome Victor to church today, into the, the fellowship of this church in a very special way, and most importantly, into Christ. And now, Victor, because of your personal faith in Christ, as a minister of the gospel, it is my joy now to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and for his sake and glory, amen. sitting. Oh, there's Ed there with a little camera. See him there. Where's Leah? Nice to see you, Leah. Where are the little girls? Someone's looking after them. This is Albert, and he also helps with our television ministry. A very fine young man. 
and we want to welcome you today, Albert, in the name of Jesus. And now because of your personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and for his sake, amen. Salinas, we want to welcome you today too. You think the water's a little cold? <laughs> it is a little cool, but not as cold as it is in Russia. When Larissa was singing today, because we're having a baptism, my mind went back to the time when she told me about her baptism. And uh, I don't remember the exact temperature. What was it, Larissa, when you were baptized? Tell Elder Matiko. It is 20 below zero. Now, that means uh, it is 50 degrees below freezing. And so when Larissa was baptized, she would have been baptized on a Saturday night because they had to hide from the KGB. And uh, they would go down, as I have seen on occasions, and break the ice. Then the pastor would get in the water and baptize. And uh, baptism is not something that we do in secret. We do it before the church as a testimony to our faith. In those countries, they had to do it uh, in secret from the KGB, of course. But when we have a baptism here, we set up the font because it is a public confession of faith. We pray that God will bless you, Romelia, keep you in the grace of God. And because of your faith in Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lynch. We welcome her today to the visible manifestation of the kingdom of God and we're glad that she's with us and we urge her as we've urged everybody to read your Bible. June read your Bible every day. Come to church. I say that to every person I baptize. The most important thing you can do is to read your Bible and do it every day. Whether you're tired or you're sick or lonely or discouraged, read your Bible. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, Sister June, because of your faith in Christ as a minister of the gospel, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and for his sake, amen. Anne Marek, we welcome her today.
glad to have Sister Anne Marek with us. We pray that God will bless her. We want to say to you, Sister Anne, it's necessary to continue to read God's Word and trust in Christ. Come to church. Because of your faith in Jesus, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. going to ask the congregation now to stand for the benediction. Dear Father, bless the people who've been baptized today and those who have come into the church on profession of faith. Bless this congregation. Bless us as we go to Russia early in the morning. May we bring the blessing of the gospel of Christ. As the people are now waiting anxiously for us to come, may we bring them great grace. And in the coldness of their winter, may we bring them warmth and joy and also physical provisions. Bless our congregation here today. Bless all those who came to church, those who may be sick, Cover us with the blood of Jesus. Deliver us from evil. And save us in your kingdom. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen.